In the year 2021, this year, approximately 600,000 people fled the country of Afghanistan. Approximately 800,000 people died of COVID in the United States of America. But they're just numbers to us when we hear it like that on the news. They're just numbers until you know someone. And then it becomes a person, not a number. This past week, our congregation had the honor of being able to furnish an apartment for an Afghani family. One of the women who headed up this project, Pat Ellis, was there decorating the apartment and she got to meet another family. We were working with Catholic charities to do this and they have a very specific plan that if there's a child in the family, they try to find out exactly how old that child is and to buy a toy that would be age appropriate for the child and have the toy ready in the apartment when they come. The family that Pat Ellis met was a mother, a father, a five-year-old girl, and a three-year-old girl. So they had two baby dolls waiting for the little girls in the apartment. The five-year-old grabbed hers, and the three-year-old carefully picked hers up. The three-year-old held her doll very tight and stayed very close to her mother, holding onto her skirt. But the five-year-old followed Pat around and held her hand in her right hand and the doll in the other and kept saying the two words that she knew in English, the only two words she had learned. Looking up, she said over and over again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pat started to talk to the mother and there was a social worker who could translate. The mother described that they were home in the home they had lived in their whole lives when at one o'clock in the morning there was a frantic knock on the door and they were told that they had to leave. They had barely any time to grab things and they had to leave behind their cat. So they were all crying as they left, worrying about the cat. They spent five days in one of the airports in Afghanistan and they didn't have any food. And the five-year-old girl kept on crying. But we made it, she said, and you have made us a home. Now, in all my years, I have come to believe that there are two different kinds of Christmases. First, 
There is the consumer Christmas. It begins just after Thanksgiving. One of the news channels even calls it the 25 days of Christmas from December 1st to the 25th, which technically is the season of Advent, by the way. Consumer Christmas is when all the Christmas carols start and you're supposed to buy a lot of stuff and it's all a great marketing scheme designed to make you want this mirage, this illusion of the perfect Christmas, which none of us have really ever had or ever will have, by the way, but we think we're supposed to have it. And it looks something like this. We're in a big, beautiful house. There's a fire crackling in the fireplace. All of our family is there, and we all get along all the time. Who ever heard of that? And then everybody gets a gift, and it's exactly what they've always wanted. And it's perfect. And consumer Christmas is designed to make you feel like you didn't have enough, that there's something missing. Because guess what? Your parents are divorced and you have to split the day in half. Or maybe you have a crazy aunt who's always arguing about politics. Or maybe someone in your family died and there's this huge gap. And all you can think about is how you want to cry. Or maybe one of you has COVID and you're on quarantine. But consumer Christmas is designed to make you think that if it doesn't look like that image and mirage of the perfect Christmas, then you've done something wrong. You didn't quite get it right. Christmas didn't really happen to you. Well, let me be clear with you. It's a lie. So let me tell you about the real Christmas. I imagine that someone came and banged on Joseph's door. I don't know what time of the night. I don't know how long they had to prepare, but it couldn't have been long. Because the legate, Sylvanus Augustus Quirinius, who was governor of the province of Syria in the Roman Empire, had decided that he wanted to count people so that they could raise their taxes. So Joseph was told all of a sudden, you've got to pick up and move. Oh, and by the way, go get that young woman that you're not yet married to and who you're not even allowed to speak to yet. Just take her with you. Oh, and she's pregnant. Joseph and Mary had to walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is about 80 miles. Maybe she had a donkey to ride. I hope so. Oh, and guess what? There is no word in in the ancient language of the Gospels. They didn't have a Marriott, no La Quinta. All they had was homes that people lived in 
And sometimes you could pay somebody to stay in their guest room. Kataluma is the word. It's a room attached to the one room that people lived in. Joseph's family was already full up, so the Cataluma was full, so they had to stay in the small room where the animals slept. Or it could have been a cave dug in the side of the hills of Bethlehem. And so this little brown baby boy was born in the middle of a violent nation without a home. Oh, and things didn't get any prettier. Then he had to move again. That little baby, we don't know about how old he was when Joseph had a dream to go down to Egypt, but we know that Joseph and Mary and the little baby boy went all the way down to Egypt, spent a while there, probably a few years, and then walked all the way back to Nazareth, which is 2,000 miles about the distance between the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean in this country, a little less. They didn't know where they were going to sleep. I'm sure they were hungry. I'm sure they were tired. And whatever home they made in Egypt, they had to leave again. And all of this because the Roman government thought that he was just a number, that that little baby boy was just a number. But guess what? He was so much more than a number. He was a person like you and me. But even more mysteriously, that little brown baby boy was more than a human. He was well, it's really beyond words, but we call it God. He was something so much greater than who we are. He was made up of the one who created the whole universe. And he was not just a number, he was the number. What year is it this year? 2021, right? What are we measuring all our numbers from? The birth of that little boy. All time before him goes backwards now on most of this earth, and all time after moves forward. This was a, a child who would become a man who never recorded anything, never made a videotape, never made a blog or a podcast, and yet we measure time by his birth. He was not just a number, he was the number. So why? Why would the one who made the whole universe become a little baby? And why, if you're going to become a person, why would you be born then and there? I mean, if you're going to become a human being, why not get born to some billionaire in Sweden or something? Why a refugee? Why then? Why there?
the only answer that I've ever been able to come up with is best represented by a game that one of my friends used to play with his kids. It's called Shamu the Whale. You see, my friend is a great father, a wonderful dad. And when his kids were scared to learn to swim, he would play this game called Shamu the Whale. He would say, okay, you hold on to my shoulders and I'm going to be Shamu the whale, and we're going to go under the water, and don't be scared, because I'm right there with you. And we're going to go under the water, and then we'll come up. And then we're going to go under a little deeper, and then we'll come up. And then we're going to go all the way down to the bottom of the pool, and then we're going to come up. And his kids would cling to him, but they learned how to go down into the deep and come up again, because he was there. He was with them, and they were holding him. Do you remember that old Psalm 23? One of the verses goes like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. If you're alone this Christmas and you have no one, he came to be with you. If you're sick from the coronavirus, he came to be with you. If you're grieving and you're missing the one you love and can't see anymore, he came to be with you. If you're poor and you don't have a place to live, or if you're struggling with addiction, if your life hasn't turned out to be anything like you wanted it to be, and it's nothing like those advertisements on TV, he came to be with you. The real Christmas is not about all of us being happy and perfect. It's about God wanting to be with you through all of it through the darkest, deepest parts, the messy parts, and the joy. That's what the word Emmanuel means. God is with us. He came, he walked with us, he died for us, and he will never leave us. Amen.